You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul reminds us that the wilderness in Scripture is like a visit from God. It can be good news, or it can be bad news. Like a visit from a bear. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Then with chapter 5 we have the beginning of the story of the showdown, let me call it this way, between Moses and Aaron on the one hand, and then Pharaoh on the other hand. And we can go a little bit, a little bit faster, not too much faster. And then the request is that the people would go and hold a feast. It's an interesting translation of the original Hag, Hagag, we still have it in Arabic. Hajj means you have to move, to go to a place to celebrate a feast, which includes its other meaning of pilgrimage, the way the Muslims would go to Mecca or the Christians to Jerusalem. You have to go somewhere. And later we shall see that during the three main feasts of Israel, people have to go up to Jerusalem. In other words, they cannot celebrate that in their backyard. It is as though, you know, on the 4th of July, you go to the Washington DC Mall or something like that. So that route, Hag Hagag or Hajj in Arabic, is essential. Okay? And you do it in the wilderness. I tease always the Jews and the Christians that they do not do that when they go to Jerusalem. The Muslims at least do that because they go to the wilderness. So keep this in mind. It's a contradiction in terms. How could you go to celebrate in a place that reminds you of death or at least no life which is the wilderness that's why the wilderness it's like the visit of god it can be good news it can be bad news it's like when you take a trip to yosemite state park you know it's really nice you get out of the city but then you can get stuck between two rocks or a bear can eat you this is how the wilderness function and the North Americans and the Canadians have no reason not to understand me because they use that word also regarding their pristine areas, the wilderness, which is life but could be death also. So it's very tricky and the trickiness in scripture is always intentional always intentional and that's why pharaoh is presented as silly he wanted to keep the hebrews to control them 
and not not to allow them to go in the wilderness because if he just use his mind let them go to the wilderness they are going to die but scripture on purpose because it is preparing you to realize that ultimately the scriptural God is the God of the Midbar from which comes his word Dabar it is in the Midbar that he Daber his Dabarim one more time friends these things do not work except in scripture which is in Hebrew you cannot render it in the translations that's why you have to teach your community out of the Hebrew text in English the way I do in my podcasts if you don't do that just stop podcasting silliness as I hear throughout so many podcasts where Jesus is asking you as a young rich man to sell everything and give your money to the poor and follow him and suddenly I have to hear presentations after presentations podcasts about podcasts how to use your wealth in the service of the gospel is this for real? You're cajoling the rich people so that they can feel, well, I have a reason to be rich. I heard it on the podcasts of those Orthodox CEOs who obviously are rich. Otherwise, how can you speak about richness if you're not rich? And then you link it to the gospel and you say, we are also serving God. And then you get stuck with the story of the gospel with the few cents of the widow that gave more. But that's not how we are wired. We are wired to celebrate the upcoming consecration of the shrine of St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church in New York City. And that's how we are in conjunction with July 4th notice the production of the Greek Americans because this is how they refer to themselves although I remember when I was naturalized they gave us a booklet and they said in the booklet from now on you are no more Arab American Irish American Italian American Greek American you are American I said wow that's so impressive and then while I was living in Connecticut every other week I would hear that Fifth Avenue is blocked today for the Greek American parade then two weeks later for the Irish American parade then five weeks later for the Italian American parade that's the hypocrisy because the statement in the booklet of naturalization 
is formulated ala Genesis 17. You are all circumcised today. But I'm a Greek circumcised and I'm an Arab circumcised. Scripture does not allow that. I know, I know you're frustrated because I go on and on and on in my asides. Why? Because the entire scripture is an aside to your theology. How many times you hear professors of patristics and dogmatics quoting a couple of church fathers beginning with new theologian, the early one, where you say, well, we don't need scripture. Scripture is written on our heart and we live it. Come on now! What is written on your heart is your mind, what you think. And it behooves you to say, I don't need scripture, because scripture irks you. The mystic fathers cajole you, because for them, God is always the North American merciful Papa, and never the visiting judge. Remember, Amos, you who yearn for the day of the Lord, watch out not to yearn too much for it, because it's darkness and not light. Can you imagine preaching on July 4th that today, friends, looking around you and realizing what's going on in this world, so many killings and so on, it's a day of darkness and not light. Would you do that? If you're not ready to even contemplate doing that, then you're not listening to scriptures. As bluntly as that. But let's move. Pharaoh start resisting in verse 2. I do not know the Lord, and moreover I will not Israel go. And they said one more time, the God of the Hebrews. Remember, Hebrews and passers-by is the same word in Hebrew. And thus Hebrews are shepherds, and we have heard this so many times in the last chapters of Genesis. So I'm not making this up. And the Egyptians did not like the shepherds. But you know, you have always to jump in English. But if you hear it in Hebrew consonantally, not a la Masoretic text, which is made up by the Jews in the seventh century, it didn't exist before. That's why the Orthodox and the Catholics take this opportunity to tell the Jews that, you know, the Septuagint preceded the Masoretic. Obviously! But the Septuagint did not precede the consonantal Hebrew text. Repeat after me, while writing it down. The Septuagint preceded the Masoretic text that is used by the Jews of today. But no way did it precede the consonantal Hebrew text. 
at least according to the evidence we have in that book that was written in Greek essentially, which is the wisdom of Sirach, with this additional intro prologue where the author says, I tried my best to translate, but you know, you can never render the meaning of the original as you hear time and again in my podcasts. And the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Interesting, again in Hebrew, in Hebrew. Hear it in Hebrew. Nikra, it is the nifal of qara, which is the verb of to speak out. How is that possible? I'm going to tell you how it is possible. Because unless you hear language as language, you're going to be stuck. But then in the translation, you're not hearing the connection. Notice how in English, that's a classic example of mine. The bishop granted me an audience and thus I'm going to meet him. Now, why do you jump from hearing audience, audio, that's what the verb means, to meeting? Because you meet with the eyes, you see someone and someone meets you. Actually, in Hebrew, you have this expression, to meet someone, it appears in this form. It is from the root qara. It is what it is. But it's very powerful in the original. Because as in the case of Dabar, Dabber, Dabarim, you have it here that when you meet someone, you don't oogle. Remember how the women, you know, tell the men, Talk to me! What do you mean? You're just oogling me. We're sitting there and talk to me. That's why women prefer as often as possible, but not all the time, because they need also some cajoling from the men. But they like to meet with the other women, because they talk. Women are very famous, you know. They call one another saying, are you free to go to breakfast or brunch today? They say, yes, okay. And then they talk for one hour on the phone. And then they say, whoops, we better hurry up and get dressed so that we can meet at the restaurant. So did they meet over the phone or just they heard themselves? You know the answer. You have a communication. And this is what I abhor about Christian mysticism, especially among the Orthodox, where they like to speak about God's epiphania, appearance. I saw him and he saw me and so on, and the vision. This is, friends, uh, more than a calamity. It's a catastrophe, especially you, Orthodox hearer. Write it down. Enough is enough. There is a group of theologians whose group is referred to as the Epiphania group. 
the apparition group, the visual revelation group. Can you imagine going to a conference for four days and having the people just looking at one another? So we're going to go to a place where the God of the Hebrews has met us and will meet with us so that he can tell us is the Barim. Not just we engage in visions with him as the Orthodox relates the essence of Mount Athos where some of the monks behold God. Are you kidding me? And they call it wilderness and it's filled with buildings. That's the funny thing about our Athos and I make fun of it because of that. It's the spiritual wilderness that is filled with buildings. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.